0: Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, hello everybody, and almost Merry Christmas. Almost. So children, this is your chance. Are there any children in here today? Or are they all directly in Sunday school? If you are a child that are here, is here, this is your chance to head off to Sunday school. This is a special day. There goes my youngest child. All right, so they're already there. They're having a party today. And from what I understand, they've been looking forward to this day for quite some time. That's my grandson. (laughs) You know, Gary's here. Isn't it great being a grandpa? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in just a minute, we're going to take an offering and receive the tithes. The ushers will come by. And I want to tell you what this is. This is our annual uh, offering for the city. And this isn't tithe. It's just, it's, there's tithing and offering is above this. And what we're going to do is put specifically designate this to the Milwaukee Rescue Mission. It's always good to have food. It's always good to have a roof over your head. Is that true? Some of you may have used those services in your life. Some of you may have been involved in sharing and supporting those services in your life. And as a congregation, we've done that before. Uh, you know, years ago, so if you would, just take out your checkbooks. and I, I would like to share a story. Um, and for the rescue mission, by the way, if you would like to, to designate money for that, just write for the rescue mission and use the special offering envelope in front of you. The, uh, years ago, I, I was at home on Christmas Eve, and somebody called me. Somebody in the congregation called me, and he said, ah, Jim, are, are you at your house? Yeah. Well, could you, could you drive to the building? Would that be possible? Well, I, I could, but it's Christmas Eve. Why do you want me to drive to the building? Just just come here. Just just come here. Come right away. You know, it's Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I drove to the building, and I'm thinking, what am I doing driving to the building? It's Christmas Eve. It was snowing outside. It was just a kind of a day to be at home. So I get to the building, and he's standing outside the building on this kind of cold. He's waiting for me next to his car. And I walk up and I say, hey, how are you? And he said, look, look what I have in my car. And he opens up his trunk and he had four vacuum cleaners in it. Now at the time, our church vacuum had just died and he had heard about that. And I said, you bought us vacuum? He said, no, I bought all four vacuums for church. And I said, why did you buy us four vacuums? And he said, well, you know, I know they don't always last long at the building. And I was thinking, this is when we celebrate Jesus' birthday, so I wanted to give him a present. Wasn't that thoughtful? Now, the rescue mission isn't exactly our present to Jesus, but I just think of that. I think of this man years ago. This was easily more than 25 years ago. And I think of this man doing this. And I think, you know, it's neat now after all these years that we can do something as a church. So this is something that we do. We've been doing it for years. We've given to different things in the past, different organizations. But the rescue mission to me is about as fundamental as it can be. And uh, they do try to bring the the gospel out, and they do try to share the gospel. It's not just giving for the sake of giving, but they attach it to the gospel, which is the real salvation. So we're going to pray here, and the ushers will come up. Lord God, we do remember this day, and we give you, Lord, very much the... uh, I don't want to say give you, Lord. It's all your money anyway. But we recognize uh, the need in the rescue mission And we recognize the ministries for our children. We recognize the tithes that are being delivered. And uh, all of these things, Lord, we look to glorify you. We look to honor your name. So, Lord God, we pray pray for wisdom in handling these and, and preparation and for our children and all of these things that are connected to all of these things that we spoke of, Lord. Please give us wisdom and direct us as we look to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me. There's a brick in front of the pulpit, and it was very awkward. So, Mike, is that up? All right. A day like any other day. Go ahead, Mike. Let's look at this slide here. Is there anybody who has not seen this picture? I'm sure there's some people in the room that haven't. I want to give context to this. This is in a movie, a Christmas story, and it came out in the 80s. Um, there's a funny scene. So this, this boy gets this present from his aunt, and his mom makes him put it on. You have to. This was a gift from your aunt. She made it for you, so you have to wear this gift. So he comes downstairs, and he does not want to wear this gift at all. And this is his present. And Have you ever received a gift you didn't like? Come on, there's more of you have. I know it. I know my dad. My dad just today... Today, my dad comes to my office and he gives me back a gift that I gave him about five years ago. That's the truth. Is that true, Dad? I said, you're giving me this back? He said, no. But he wants me to come take it from his house. I would call that giving back, wouldn't you? I know that some of you have received gifts you don't like. I had a pair of plaid pants, I remember, one year I didn't want to wear plaid pants. They were the big plaid, and I, I remember, I'm not going to say who sent them to me. It was not my parents, by the way. And uh, I was a boy, and I remember opening the package going, Ooh, and my mom said, those are very nice pants. And they were not very nice pants. And they they were not. They were not i'm not not doing it by the way, if you don't know this, it's my mom's birthday today, yeah, and I can say I can say with a great deal of confidence because as I'm looking at her, I see how she looks, she doesn't look a day over ninety not a day no, actually, I love my mom very much i'm still mom, I'm sorry, I'm taking out my dad's actions on you. Take this gift back, okay, mom you know. Christmas gifts, we know how this goes, or any kind of gifts in any experience, I suppose. Birthday gifts, we could be talking about, Arbor Day gifts. You know, whatever the gifts are, so I thought of you gift, there are gifts that we get in life, and some we like, some we don't like. Maybe we grow out of them. True, right? You get, a, you get something and it's a little bit behind you. You go, well, this is great. I would have appreciated this about, you know, six years ago, but thank you so much. Or maybe we have the gift and we enjoy it and we, we grow past it or it doesn't fit anymore. Or it uh, goes out of style. or You know, gifts are temporary, and we know that. Don't we know that? If, there was a child, if the children were in here today, they might disagree. They might look at gifts a little differently than we do, but we have a perspective on gifts. We know that they just don't last in that same way. Poor Alfie here in the photo. <clears throat> I don't know exactly where he's going to wear this in public, but he'll wear it somewhere. And it's just this idea that they don't always last, and as adults, and I knew that I was going to speak to adults today, so I have a little more it was i I, I had the opportunity in, in preparing this message to think more of adults, and I think I suppose that's no different than any other Sunday, but it is for a Christmas message Christmas Eve message. So for adults, we know the, how this goes what we like when we're young, we don't like as we get older, and the older that we get, the more we know there's Something else out there. I don't know what age that occurs. You know, I came to faith when I was a young boy, but I had to reestablish my faith as a young man. And I think that's very common for a lot of believers that grow up in a church. We, you know, we, we take faith as in being young. We say, Lord, I want you in my heart. And I remember that night. I remember it very well. My mom, I prayed with my mom before my dad came to faith. And then later on, it really dawned on me, you know what? This is a big commitment. And I had to reestablish that faith. I really did. It's very common. Uh, it's so common for my time in the youth group, I kind of gave it a nickname that I, I refer to, and I call it a time of reckoning. What are we really about following? Are we about following this one thing, or about that one thing about the world? Which one are we going to follow? That time of reckoning. And the older we get, the more we appreciate what it is to make a commitment or the more we realize that there's something out there that we're missing. Is that true? We are, without a doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, spiritual beings. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, that talks about, we are made and the Lord puts eternity in our hearts. We're made, we see things differently. We don't have all the answers of the Lord. I don't even want to pretend that we do we are certainly made to have eternity in our hearts, to understand that there's a width of things that are there. And then also, we know that the spiritual side of us, there's this great there's this great uh, sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. We know that there's a spiritual place that is people that we have. You know, so we search and it's really common for people to search and search and search and search and to try and find things that satisfy. Some people do it through possessions. We know this. Some people do it through careers. All they do is work, 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 work. I remember talking to one man. This wasn't too long ago. And uh, he just was looking for satisfaction in life. And he was a believer and he would go to church on Sunday. And He had a family, but he just really tried to find his satisfaction at work. And he would stay at work and he would work longer and more and more hours and longer and more and more hours. And he ended up making a great deal of money. But he was just never satisfied. And he would work more and more and more. And his wife said, hello, hello. And he came home from work and, he, and she was gone. He had a whole part of his life. He chased that satisfaction at the cost of his wife. And he didn't even address the spiritual part of himself. He was so busy just chasing satisfactions. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you chase satisfactions? Those types of satisfaction, gifts, promotions, friends, that's not a spiritual side. It's amazing how we do look to solve the spiritual. Remember, we're all spiritual. We look to solve the spiritual with things that aren't spiritual. It doesn't make sense, does it? But we do it. People in the world do it. They chase, 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 but they miss, they don't address the spiritual. C.S. Lewis has this great statement. I'm going to read his quote. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, then the most probable explanation is that we were not made for this world, but made for another world. That's pretty good. So here we are in Christmas, considering spirituality and the gift of Jesus and how those two things go together. Don't you think it's interesting how people all around us today and tomorrow in America and the world, all kinds of people who know that Jesus existed, most of the world believes that Jesus existed, but yet they miss the whole concept of Jesus, what he was about, why he existed, why he came to be born. They're rationalizing life but they're not considering they're spiritual. There was, a, there was a study done for people who like to chase spiritual things. A study was done in January of 2003. The results came out from the University, of, University College in London. And they discovered that being spiritual may give life deeper meaning, but can also make you more susceptible to mental illness. Oh, no. What kind of sermon is this? He's talking about the... No! A study found that people professing to be spiritual, but not conventionally religious... uh Ah, so this takes us out. People who are spiritual, but not conventionally religious, were more likely to suffer from a host of mental challenges. They suffered from problems including abnormal eating disorders, drug abuse, anxiety disorder, phobia, and neurosis they were also more likely than others to ta- be taking medication for mental health problems they're looking to put their own definition of spirituality on something that they had nothing to do with that has nothing to do with their, how god designed them people will chase spirituality in all kinds of way all kinds of ways they'll do it through logic and reason which isn't spiritual they'll do it through Chasing possessions or progressions in life or by having more friends or less friends or this or that. All of those things are logic-driven. They're not spiritually driven. Jesus came into the world in a very distinct in a very distinct way. He came as a baby. Let's look at some of these scriptures, Mike. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. He comes, and, and, and this virgin Mary we know, she has this little baby boy. And you think, well, this is a natural thing. But he came for a spiritual reason that only he could solve. For unto you this unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called a Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, now we're starting to we see more of these things that can only be true spiritual definitions. There's a, there's a natural to this as well. But we're looking at this from a spiritual side. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. The spiritual side of us just aches. for the spiritual author. We can't solve Spiritual things in life by unspiritual things. We can't do it. Spiritual things in life come from the author, they come from the Lord. I read, just for grins, not this verse, by the way, Mike, if you would back up for a minute. I read, I was reading on the third bullet point, it says, For a, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be. Upon his shoulders, his name shall be called Wonderful. So this is, a, this is an amazing title. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I thought, gee, Queen Elizabeth, what is her title? So I checked it out, and basically it's like, you know, Queen Elizabeth, Her Majesty. You know, it's something that says nothing. This title that we have for the Lord, who was born, Wonderful Counselor. Have you ever felt bad in life, right? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. He is Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Everlasting. Both ways. Not from our point on, but both ways. From all of eternity. Prince of Peace. These are spiritual things we're talking about. People look, and you know what I'm getting. I don't want to belabor this point, but people all around us look to solve spiritual, that spiritual ache in their life by something that's so very unspiritual. And they don't know why it doesn't work. They can't imagine why it doesn't work. It is okay to to have pleasures in life. God made us to have pleasures. He enjoys his relationship with us. He likes when we're happy. We have evidence of being with the Lord. We see joy and satisfaction and knowing that the Lord takes care of things. There's, There's pleasures that the Lord likes for us to have. It's okay to want to be promoted to develop a career, to have gifts, exchange gifts. These are good things. But they don't settle the spiritual. The aches in our hearts... The deep down thing that we can't even always articulate is usually driven from a spiritual side. David had this great way of phrasing spiritual needs and physical needs. He kind of lumped them in, in this wonderful picture for us. Okay, let's look at just one expression of this. Oh Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. There's things I want, God. There's things I really want. David's not asking for a new alarm clock. There's things I want. You know what I want. I'm saying, you know, when we say, God, I was taking, today I was praying for this service. and And I went, oh, hey, David did that. Hey, all right. You know, those moments in life, the deep down inside things, the things that we don't get solved by where we work or what we do. You know, I don't get that deep down inside things solved here because I'm a pastor here. I get it because the Lord brings. Now, here's the funny thing to me. This is a funny thing to me. We know all about Jesus, and I alluded to this earlier. We know all about Jesus, yet, the world, I mean, yet how much of the world really follows Jesus? Knowing about him is one thing. Following him is something else. Let's look at some of these, Mike. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And look at this, whoever comes to me. Now when Jesus is saying this, he's walking the earth, he is doing his thing. But he's saying, whoever comes to me, it's not everybody who's on the world right now and for all the rest of mankind, there's an action. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That's an insatiable part. That's a spiritual part. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge. What? There's an ownership who takes refuge in the Lord, who hangs on the Lord. You know, there's something to consider in the midst of all of this. Drawing close to the Lord is a daily activity. Have you ever known anybody to draw close to the Lord, say, God, I need you in my life, and they have a wonderful time with him for a day or two or three, and then they just forget about it. And they think they're always close with God because of that one time. If I spend three minutes with you in your whole life, do you think we're always going to be close? Probably not. Probably it takes more time and more time and more time. And that's no different than with the Lord. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. He satisfies with the what soul? Longing soul. I long for you, God. I long to know more. I don't have any answers. What do you have? I long for this. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Where is it? In his presence. There's ownership to this stuff. What is our action? Knowing about the Lord is one thing, but knowing the Lord is something else. Today we think of Jesus and we think, This is the day, or tomorrow is the day we celebrate him being born. That we can do some of these things. That we can think of him in this way. That we have access the way that we do. These are all other topics, I suppose. But if there's ever a time that reminds us to be close to him, it's right now. It's not the action of going to a church service that we find him. It's not the action of talking to other believers about him. Job in the book of Job in the Bible, this is—it's a very interesting book. If you've read, sometimes reading Job, I, I find that I have to really power through some of those sad times in Job's life. He has these terrible, difficult times. He, it does finish well, but for a lot of the book of Job, Job has some—there's some real lows before he hits his highs. And uh, <clears throat> but it's interesting if you look at the book of Job and you look at it from a very high level, just a distance, you'll see that Job and his friends. His friends spend a lot of time trying to counsel Job, and Job does talking. Job's friends talk about God very much, but Job talks to God. And who does it finish well for? It finishes well for Job. Not necessarily Job's friends. In fact, at the very end of the, in the book, Job's friends realize that they haven't done right by God, and they say, God, you haven't given good, Job good advice about the Lord, and they say, Job, we may be in trouble with God here. These are my words. You know, we can talk about God all day long. We can say, I've gone on Christmas Eve and I've done my church activity. Now I'm going to go about and exchange gifts. Or we can talk to God. It's how we draw close to him. Can you think of a better day? Is Is there a better day for us to think about how we can draw close to the Lord? This is a day that we know that we don't have the answers, that the spiritual is only settled by the spiritual author. This day, I stand up with a clean conscience and a lot of courage, and I say, I know nothing. You with me? And you know what I'm talking about. And if you say you know more about the spiritual than I do, I say, oh, no, you don't. You have tasted a sliver of what the Lord has done in your life, maybe. But we press in together and we learn every day. Every day. We can chase our spiritual. Of course, we saw that study. That would make me nervous to chase the spiritual. Or we can chase the author of the spiritual. And that's what today is. When he was born, it opened a whole world of perspective for us, among other things. I tell you, we could talk about the birth of Jesus the whole year and look at different things that he did and what the birth means and the, and the prophetic behind the birth of Jesus. But today, we remember he is the author of the spiritual. We remember that we don't have the answers that he does We don't come to talk about him. We come to talk to him. That he would satisfy us. Musicians, if you would come back to the stage, please. You know, we are going to sing some Christmas carols in a minute. And I'll light a candle and we'll start the candle lighting that will move through the room. But more than anything today, truly, as we sing these Christmas songs and as we think of this candle, the candle to me reminds me of the one Savior... And the Christmas carols are just wonderful times to think of him and his birthday, of his gift for us, and the author of salvation. If you have never thought of him in terms of spiritual, if you have never thought about him being your spiritual provider, following him, if you've never, I've never done that. You may have thought about something else in your life. You may have tried to be spiritual. You may have tried to address something. But if you have never made him that person in your life, you're going to see me milling around afterward, and I'm going to be looking for you. I've said hello to a number of people before service. I want to talk to you now after service. So if you didn't say hello to me and you want to say hello, don't. (laughs) I want to look for people who have said, who want to say, I want Jesus to lead me spiritually. I want the answers from that. Does that sound reasonable? And think of that when you're in the Christmas carols. You know, you'll know that to you. As we worship, you'll know it. For the rest of us who have already made this commitment, be reminded today, every day we long for him, every day we search for him. Later on, you'll go about your family business or your friend business. But right now is our time of declaration. Jesus, we need you. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.